Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers, back in Harare, Zimbabwe, after a few weeks in Rwanda at the African Nations Championship. Also joining me, Solomon Ashams, who's in Nigeria now, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Well, on this week's show, we ask whether foreign coaches are better than local coaches when it comes to being in charge of national teams in Africa. We hear from fans in the Gambia, where local coach Sang Dong has replaced Swiss coach Raoul Savoy, who parted ways with the Scorpions after only seven months in charge. I don't know any other country but the Gambia. If you are a foreign coach, you come in. The players will give you number one respect. Plus a roundup of how African players are doing in the English Premier League as Kenya's Victor Wanyama gets another red card. But his manager was very unsympathetic, Ronald Kuhlman, saying you just cannot make a tackle like that. You give the referee the chance to give you a red card. And we asked whether the Confederation of African Football was right to give its backing to Sheikh Salman of Bahrain for the FIFA presidency, rather than supporting Africa's candidate Tokyo Sequale. So that's all coming up on the show. And I'm back from the 2016 African Nations Championship in Rwanda, where DR Congo were the champions for the second time in the tournament that's for home base players only. DR Congo beat Mali 3-0 in the final in an absolutely packed stadium where around 15,000 Congolese fans had travelled from cities across the border, such as Bukavu and Goma, just over the border, while others came from as far away as Kinshasa. I spoke to some of them. We are really proud of our players. It is so amazing. Actually, you're going to, to dance, to ensure, you know. There is a lot of people from Goma, others from Bukavu, we are all here. There is even other people from Kishasa, from everywhere. You know, the you know, concrete is so big, so the whole stadium was full of Congolese. Man, you can't imagine. This was so amazing. That is it. You must be proud of your country. We are very, very proud of our, of our country, of our, players, of our players especially. You know, it's happened like that, but we are happy. We are very happy, trust me. Yeah, we are very happy. Ah, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come from Goma, from Goma, to support my team here in Rwanda. Yes, I'm very happy because our team win. Very, very proud to be Congolese. I stay in Bukavu. Yeah, I try to come here to support my team. We are very happy to win uh, this cup. Our country is the first country who uh, win the, the Shan. And now we win again. We are very, very happy. Okay, it's a Shan of uh, reconciliation from Rwanda and Congo, two people. Some DR Congo fans after they won the African Nations Championship. And I also met the owner of a second division club from the Equator province in the DRC. He's Freddy Lacombo. It's a cut in the DRC. You know, soccer, it's uh, something which renewed everyone. No matter what you are, no matter from where you're coming, soccer is putting all of us together. We all of us together for this national uh, cause. As you can see here at the championship, we have the local players which are playing, which are doing very well. We hope that next year when they go for the next level, like in Gabon for uh, African National Cup, we'll see something else, new players with new dimensions. We hope that at least the first target is to cross the quarterfinal and maybe, maybe you can come with something consistent. 
Well, the African Nations Championship really was a great tournament. And uh, DRC, by the way, were third at the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations. So things are going very well for them right now. Now, on the sidelines of the tournament in Rwanda, a lot of talks were going on about the FIFA presidential elections. They take place on the 26th of this month, and four of the five FIFA presidential candidates were there in Rwanda. And as expected, the Confederation of African Football decided to give its backing to Sheikh Salman of Bahrain for the FIFA presidency, urging all of the continent's 54 football federations to vote for Sheikh Salman, though it's not clear how many federations will actually go along with the idea. It means that CAF decided not to support Africa's only candidate, Tokyo Sekwale from South Africa. He was there in Kigali and he refused to pull out of the race, saying that he will still look for support from individual football federations. So Solomon, how do you feel about Africa not supporting the African candidate? Well, uh, Steve, I I really feel it's very unfortunate that uh, Africa's uh, only candidate couldn't make it you know, strong and finish strong. Uh, Tokyo Zuquale himself has uh, served football, not in a very major way. He was part of uh, FIFA's committees uh, and he's also been a, a part of uh, South African football in one way or the other. Uh, he's a politician. But I feel after losing the Liberian uh, candidate and having Tokyo Zuquale as a sole candidate in the final five, I felt it was uh, time for Africa and the Confederation of African Football to make a statement in saying, look, Africa's uh, football leaders needs to be listened to. And I felt it was an opportunity for us as, as Africans, as uh, African football, to support a candidate. Even though the candidate's opportunities, chances of winning is not really great. But at the same time, I think it's an opportunity for us to go out there, make a statement to say, look, Africans can lead football globally. But it is unfortunate uh, uh, that Tokyo didn't get the backing of the Confederation of African Football. And, and I feel because of that, there is definitely going to be division amongst uh, Confederation of uh, African Football members. I don't know how many are going to vote for him at the end of the day, but he said he's going after individual votes right now. And so that's definitely going to bring a lot of division. And Africa is not going to speak with one voice. Uh, the Confederation of African Football decided to support a Sheikh Salma. African football definitely sometimes look for some sort of a coalition or relationship with a stronger uh, candidate just so that interests of African football will be protected. And I understand that quite okay. Uh, and I feel also Tokyo Sokwale is not really a heavyweight when it comes to uh, football, not even across the continent of Africa. But once you get an African who raises up his hand, an African like Tokyo Sokwale, who is a very experienced politician, very experienced leader, a very experienced businessman, I feel uh, we should have t- taken our chances and support him. Yeah, so chances are certainly not good for uh, Tokyo Sequale. Those uh, FIFA elections take place on the 26th of this month in Zurich in Switzerland. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And our main focus today is on the old question as to whether foreign coaches are better than local coaches when it comes to being in charge of national teams in Africa. Now, the Gambia have recently appointed local coach Sang Dong as national team coach, replacing the Swiss Raoul Savoy, who parted ways with the Scorpions after just seven months in charge. There were great expectations when Savoy took over, but there have not been good results in the World Cup qualifying in particular. Now, it's a second spell in charge for Sang Dong, who's been in charge of a club called Hawks before this appointment. Here's what he had to say after being given the job. I accepted this position. For the simple reason that I am a Gambian, I am a coach. I want to help set the standard 
for Gambian coaches, for us to be recognized, to be respected, to be given the opportunities, and to be supported. This is the reason why I'm taking up this appointment. And I hope that everybody involved in this process will come on board together for us to try and achieve our objective, which is rebuilding and uh, rebranding of this national team. And our man in the Gambia, Mamadou Ba, spoke to some fans in Serekunda in Banjul. They have different views. I have here a gentleman wearing a Barcelona replica shirt. Um, what's your name? My name is Bouakar Jalo. Yeah, all these days, that was our main topic in the ghetto because we are very much happy about it for appointing a local coach from, yeah, because we think that is a very, very, very fantastic de- decision because appointing a local coach will help us much. Because for me, I think local coach knows much more the players than an outside coach. In your own opinion, um, how do you see Sang, Sang Dong's appointment? Is it good uh, for Gambia to appoint a local coach? Very, very, very good. It's time to, to change the system. Yeah, because all the time, uh, foreign coach, I have full hope Sang Dong will be make it. Yeah. My name is Yahya Bojan. Two step backward. The appointment is not right. Because Sandong has been working with Hawks for quite a while, and we have not seen any achievement he has with Hawks, even the position that Hawks are in right now. They are just above the relegation zone, and his profile doesn't speak for itself because he has not done nothing with Hawks for a couple of years, been relegated, and he has no. I'm not satisfied with his record and been given the national team again. What is better about a foreign coach? I don't know any other country, but the Gambia, if you are a foreign coach, you come in, the players will give you number one respect. You understand? You have the respect from the players. And number two, they will all listen to you. But if you are a local coach, being in the Gambia, the, the players will look you low open. They will, they will see you as low to them. You understand? They will hardly leave, even listen to you. So that will be difficult for you to work. But if you brought in a foreign coach who you know, the players don't know much, before they know him, before they know him, um, what he wants, they will do it for him because everybody will be eager to play for him. Understand, boy? Local coach, you know. Do you think that um, Savoy brought respect to the team? No, Savoy he lacked that man man management skill. Which tells us that um, even foreign coaches do lack um, man management skills. Yeah, it depends on the type of coach you have, because during the Paul Paul era, we have never heard of that. But Savoy came, you know. Anything that happens in the camp, even as a layman in the street, you heard about it. So there was, there was nothing good. It does not help the national team. Anything that has been done in the camp, it's only remain in the camp. It's not have, it's not belittling outside. So there was the problem with Savoy. That's why he failed. He lacks the man management skills. That's why he failed. So those are fans in the Gambia. Some fans say that a local coach knows the players better, while others say that a foreign coach is more likely to be respected by the players. What do you think about those points, Solomon? I'm always a big believer in local coaches, especially in Africa. Right from way back in the 80s and 90s, there's, there's always been uh, coaches coming in from Europe and, and coaching Africa. And I feel we have gained a lot of knowledge and the younger coaches are now all grown up. They've gained a whole lot of knowledge. And, and I feel sometimes if we don't give the local coaches the opportunity, how are they going to be able to grow? How are they going to be able to showcase their abilities? Uh, yes, I know that a lot of local African coaches don't, haven't gotten the exposure that they should 
and they don't really have the experience. But experience only come when you get the opportunity to coach, when you get the opportunity to lead. Yes, definitely. Unfortunately for African footballers, a lot of them, we have a mentality where we respect a coach from Europe much more than we respect a coach from Africa, like it was rightly mentioned by one of the fans. Uh, yes, but respect is not enough. You know, a local coach can go into a team and, and gain respect. Uh, Stephen Keshi, you know, he has done that a lot, and we've seen Samson Siasia, uh, we've seen uh, Sunday Olise. Uh, for the last six years, uh, Nigeria has only used uh, local coaches. South Africa is also doing the same thing. And a lot of other countries uh, around Africa are doing the same thing. Now, until we get to that place where we really uh, give local coaches opportunity, not just give them opportunities, but give them a longer period. So even when they fail, at least they're getting experiences. And that way, we're going to be able to build our football. Uh, we can bring in a foreign coach for a period of time so he could tutor and mentor local coaches, and, and, and from there we take it on. I, I'm a big believer in, in local coaches in Africa. Uh, they know local players. They know the mentality. They know uh, the culture. So that way is is a whole lot better. But over the years, we've seen a lot of foreign coaches who came into Africa and, and were success, and, and that is a good thing. Well, uh, DR Congo have just won the African Nations Championship with a local coach in Florent Ibenge. And here in Zimbabwe, we've just given uh, a permanent contract to, to a local coach, Callisto Pasua, uh, to be in charge of the national team. But um, two of the country's biggest clubs here in Zimbabwe have recently appointed foreign coaches. One is Portuguese, the other is from the Netherlands, but there isn't really too much to impress in their credentials. Um, one's got good experience with youth football, but hasn't coached a top-flight club in Europe. So should African teams be careful in this regard in terms of the quality of a foreign coach that they're taking, Solomon? Yes, there's uh, quite a lot of question marks about how qualified some of these uh, coaches are. You know, Some of them don't really have coaching certificates. Some of them are physios or they are physical trainers. Uh, some of the football associations are members who go up to Europe and um, because they get a coach for cheap, you know, they settle for, for, for him. And, and that is, for me, is lack of integrity. But we have to really desist that. We really have to look at their CV. We have to look at, uh, you know, what sort of coaching experiences. We have to look at, hopefully, their coaching badges. You know, what sort of coaching courses have they gone through? Uh, because that's what we require also of our local cho coaches lately. We have seen a lot of African coaches going through uh, European coaching courses, UEFA coaching courses, you know, uh, and that's just important. So uh, we, we shouldn't just settle for anyone because over the years we've seen situations where coaches employed and after a year or two uh, the media dug a bit deep and they found out that actually this guy is not a coach this guy is supposed to be a fitness trainer I think we have to be careful that when we uh, choose a foreign coach that we are choosing a coach who has a lot of experience great leadership uh, abilities he has an understanding of African football so we have to be really uh, picky. We don't have to settle for uh, for any coach. I know sometimes it could be expensive for the football association to hire a coach who has a great pedigree. But we need to be able to tell ourselves that we're going for the best coach uh, that would really improve our football. And we also have to look at are we trying to improve our youth football uh, or are we trying to build a, the national team brand or are we trying to... Uh, maybe get a coach that would mentor other local coaches, younger coaches. So those are questions we need to ask ourselves when we go out to pick uh, our coaches overseas. And I'm not saying we should go and pick a coach straight out of the English Premier League or the La Liga, but we just need to be sensitive to the needs of the national team uh, to the, uh, at that 
current moment and also where we want to see the national team go in future. And we do have great African coaches that, you know, could be mentored. We have to be sure about the national team needs. Is the need to improve youth football? Is the need to uh, try to get a coach that would mentor other local coaches and younger coaches? Is the need uh, to get a quick results? And all that would really help us in really deciding who we hire as a coach because different nations are going to different phases and season in their football. And that way we're going to be able to make the right choice. Thanks, Solomon. Certainly some question marks. Uh, This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And now let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir in the UK. Now, Stuart, Pep Guardiola, who's from Spain, will be moving from German club Bayern Munich to English side Manchester City at the end of the season. It seems that top European clubs maybe are not too concerned about the nationality of the manager these days. Well, in the English Premier League at the moment, there are 20 clubs. We have five English managers, a Scottish and a Welsh manager, and 13 foreign managers. The country with most managers is the Netherlands, with Louis van Gaal at Manchester United, Ronald Koeman at Southampton, and Hus Hiddink at Chelsea. We've got two Spanish managers, two French, two Italians, a German and Argentinian a Chilean and a Croatian. And, you know, you actually have to go back to 1992 to find the last time an English manager won the Premier League title, and that was Howard Wilkinson at Leeds. And, in fact, it was the year before the Premier League started. So you could actually say that there has never been an English manager successful in the Premier League. And where are the English managers? Now, Gary Neville the old Manchester United legend, has just gone to be manager of Valencia. And at the moment, he has been manager for nine league games and no wins so far. So, you know, I'm not surprised that clubs are going for foreign managers in a way because where are the successful England managers? And I mean, I said there are five currently, but, you know, they're at Sunderland, Palace, West Bromwich Albion, Bournemouth, Newcastle all of them in the bottom half of the league. It's a strange situation, but it seems at the moment that English league clubs, and of course we have lots of foreign owners of clubs, seem to favour managers who are not from England and even not from the UK in most cases. Interesting. And uh, what about national team football, Stuart? It seems that many top countries across the world do prefer a local coach. Well, Steve, I'm not sure that that's actually true because in the 2014 World Cup, 32 teams involved, 11 of them had foreign managers. You know, that was one third of the teams in the World Cup. England, of course, currently have an English manager, Roy Hodgson. But, you know, in the past, we've had Fabio Capello from Italy, Sven-Goran Eriksson from Sweden. And, you know, I think that clubs and teams want success. And the nationality of the manager is less important. In Europe, there's free movement of labor. And in a way, just as we've got more European players now than we ever had in the past, and there have been times when both Arsenal and Chelsea have put out a team with no English player involved. Similarly, it seems that there's free movement of coaches. And interestingly, like we talked about Swansea City wanting a new manager mid-season and they go for an Italian. We talked about Manchester City who are replacing a Chilean manager with a Spanish manager. 
you know, the, the thought of going for an, an English manager obviously didn't really come into it. Well, thanks, Stuart. And you can give us your views on this on Facebook and on WhatsApp. It is a big question. Are foreign coaches better than local coaches, especially in Africa? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. What do you think? In Africa, are foreign coaches better than local coaches? Now, last week we talked about some of the transfers that took place last month, and on Facebook and WhatsApp we asked which player you thought has been the best deal during the January transfer window. And again, you've been quick to get in touch with us.、Uh, M. Cham Mesut Özil in the Gambia says Mohamed El Neni of Arsenal is among the best, and Bobby Brown also in the Gambia agrees. I'll say Arsenal acquired the best new player in Egypt's Mohamed El Neni. Says Bobby, he's a good transfer. Albert Kadzombe from Malawi says, "I think Mathieu Debuchy made the right move. At Arsenal, he was second in his position, but I'm sure at Bordeaux in France, he'll have more time to play." Usman Beckham Camera thinks another London club has got the best deal. It's definitely Pato to Chelsea, says Usman. He'll give Chelsea more options because of his versatility in number nine and number ten. Duruchidi Reginald also thinks the best deal was in London, but not at Chelsea. The best transfer, he says, is Emmanuel Emenike moving to West Ham. The Nigerian is hungry to play well again and to score goals. West Ham are playing well, but they need a goal scorer. And yes, it's going to be interesting to see how the 28-year-old Nigerian adjusts to the English game at West Ham after joining on loan from Turkish side Fenerbahce. Lee Cisse and the Gambia looks to the northeast of England when he says, "I'll definitely go in for John Joe Shelby's move to Newcastle as the best transfer." The Magpies stand to benefit a lot from this deal because John Joe is a pure midfield maestro and he'll add a lot to their team. Jesse Rando in Sierra Leone agrees that Newcastle got the best deal, but、uh, not talking about Shelby. He says the best deal is Andros Townsend joining Newcastle from Tottenham. Alan M J Campbell, also from Sierra Leone, says the club with the best transfer so far is Southampton. They had Charlie Austin for four million pounds from QPR, and coming on on his debut against Man United, he replied with a bang in less than three minutes by scoring with a cracking header, the only goal of the game. They've already got their money back, says Alan M J Campbell. Musa Sisse in the Gambia says, "In my opinion, Norwich City made the best signing by acquiring Stephen Naismith, but Benek Afobe made the move of the window, coming from Wolves to Bournemouth, where they're in a really good position to stay in the league. And in fairness, he has hit the ground running." And Musa Kaitura and Ebrima Kante both agree with Musa Sisse on Benek Afobe's move to Bournemouth. Musa says he's the best transfer because he scored three goals already. Alpha Jallo reckons the best move was made by Stephen Fletcher when he left struggling Sunderland to join Marseille in the French league. It's a good move, says Alpha, because Sunderland aren't doing well this season, and Marseille is a very good team where he can excel. And away from the players, Pep Guardiola's appointment as coach at Manchester City from the end of the season has attracted some comments. Emmanuel, a Liberian living in the Gambia, says Pep Guardiola is my favourite. I'm happy to see him in the Premier League. I think he can coach anywhere and get the results. And Tunkara One in the Gambia agrees. 
Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. It's always great to hear from you on Facebook and on WhatsApp. Now let's uh, catch up with how the African players have been doing in the English Premier League. Now, Stuart, many of us started to think that maybe Leicester can win the league after last weekend's three-one win away to Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, I think suddenly Leicester City find themselves five points clear at the top of the table, and they have to be taken seriously. Rahid Mahrez scored a stunning goal for them. But, you know, just interesting things happening at Manchester City, who, of course, have just appointed Pep Guardiola from the beginning of next season. Yaya Torre found himself being substituted after 52 minutes. And given that Yaya Torre and Guardiola, shall we say, have had a bit of history at Barcelona, there's now big speculation that Yaya Torre will be leaving in the summer because he is really not a Guardiola player. So... Leicester certainly cementing themselves at the top of the table, but, you know, questions about Manchester City and, of course, the fact that they're playing under what you might call a lame duck manager for the rest of the season almost makes Leicester even stronger favourites. Southampton beat West Ham 1-0, but the big talking point was that the Kenyan Victor Wanyama got a straight red card. And now this is his third red card of the season. The two previous ones were uh, two yellows. And curiously, he had no red cards in the 55 games he'd played up to this season for Southampton. He did get a couple of red cards at Celtic and one in Belgium previously. But his manager was very unsympathetic, Ronald Koeman, saying you just cannot make a tackle like that. You give the referee the chance to give you a red card. And now he's expected to have a five-match ban. So Southampton will be deprived of him for, I suppose, about a third of the season when you add up all the bands. Incidentally, for West Ham, it was the second week running that they played against 10 men after an African player had been sent off, Jordan Ayew from Aston Villa the previous week. Talking of Aston Villa, they beat Norwich 2-0, but, you know, I think that could be two teams who are going to be relegated. Villa are still very much cut adrift from the rest, and Norwich looked to be a bit in freefall. Arsenal's last game finished nil-nil, but this week it was 0-0, with two goals from Ouzel and Oxlade-Chamberlain. Now, Steve, I know you love that kind of trivia, as the goals from the two O's meant a 2-0 win over AFC Bournemouth. Well, how very clever. I must say, I hadn't noticed that uh, at the time, Stuart. Uh, Last week, we talked about African players who'd moved to new clubs. Uh, Some of them weren't actually used last weekend uh, by their new sides. Yeah, now, it's interesting because the most expensive African player was the Senegal forward Oam Niasi going to Everton for a reported $20 million. But he wasn't even involved at the weekend. Similarly, Sidhu Dumia signed for... Newcastle United was on the bench but didn't get involved in the game. Equally, Watford's Moroccan Amrabat was an unused substitute. The slightly controversial Nigerian Emmanuel Emeniki, who's come from Fenerbahce, got 17 minutes for West Ham as they lost that game in Southampton. Now, I have some personal connections with Togo, so I was excited to see Adebayor playing uh, 86 minutes in the draw that Crystal Palace got at Swansea. But do you know a really curious thing about Adebayor is that in the next round of the FA Cup, Crystal Palace plays Spurs. 
And Adebayor is free to play for Crystal Palace. But the funny thing is that Spurs will be paying him $50,000 that week and every week as part of the loan deal they're paying him. So imagine paying a player to play against you. Struggling to get my head around that one, Steve. Now, we've been talking a little bit about Christian Atsu, the Ghanaian player who was at Chelsea, went to Bournemouth, couldn't really get a game at Bournemouth. Now he's gone to Malaga and he made his full debut for them at the weekend. Malaga beat Hetafi 3-0 and Christian Atsu got a goal after 23 minutes with a new club. Now, he got substituted at half-time, so I would assume that he must have picked up an injury. But great to see him getting some game time and great to see him scoring. Well, that's great news for Ghana's Christian Atsu or Atsu. Let's hope that the good times will continue for him. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Stuart. That's it for the show for today. But on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, are foreign coaches better than local coaches in Africa? Send us your views on WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. You can follow us on Twitter. The handle is at PlanetSportFA. Our website is PlanetSportFootballAfrica.com. You can listen to each week's programme on the website there and find out more about the team. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashoms in Nigeria and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.